0: Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Hey, good morning, everyone. Everybody good this morning? Yeah, you awake? You alive? You here? Yeah, amen. Awesome, awesome. Great, Great to have all of you here today. Let's celebrate before we jump into the things today. Um, if you remember toward the end of 2019, we did um, a Heart for the House campaign and we, we got to raise uh, some funds together. So together we raised just over $2,500 uh, to go towards uh, um, just doing ministry and, and updating some things here around the church. So that's, that's awesome. And then uh, God really blessed us. Also, uh, there was um, a group that has partnered with us in the past to give us uh, some funds to help with benevolence needs as we give to the community, as we give to, to different needs here uh, in the church. And, and, and they came to us, and it was really a surprise. Eric called me one day, and he's like, hey, man, so, uh, so this group wants to give us like, a really large check. And I'm like, say what? Say that again? And, uh, and so they really uh, just blessed us uh, just out of nowhere, and, and I believe it was a God thing. Because, see, the more we give, and if you notice, remember we talked last week in our vision casting, and, and we talked about last year, we gave more last year away. We gave more away to our community, we gave more away to missions, and, and I believe God blesses that. There's, it's, it's a principle in God's word. And, and so, so they, they blessed us uh, with, with a very large uh, donation to help continue to meet benevolence needs, but also to help uh, meet some other needs here in the church. So I'm super excited what God is doing uh, with that, and and, and you're going to see some rapidly some things change real, real quick. Actually, after service, we're going to start ripping up the carpet in the foyer. Uh, we've got flooring uh, that has come in at Lowe's, and we're ready to lay down some new flooring uh, out in the forest. So just in case you start seeing things, you start thinking, hey, where do we get money to do that? Um, we got some money, y'all. And that's awesome, man. God has blessed us. And uh, yeah, that's, that's something to celebrate. Um, and so we're, we're excited to see some different things come up and then also have some funds to be able to do some ministry with and continue blessing people. Amen. So I'm excited about that. Hey, how many of you have been asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, some of you are still wondering what that is today, right? Many of you are like, man, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure it out, man. If you got any insight in that, help, help me out. Some of you are still trying to, to figure that uh, out. But, uh, but I can remember as a kid being asked that, and, and I had the typical responses. Man, I'm going to be a baseball player, you know? Uh, I played Little League all the way up until I was like 13. i would be a baseball player or a or, or policeman, right? Uh, anybody watch that show Chips back in the 80s, right? Yeah, such a good show. If you watch it now, it's super cheesy. Like it's, you know, the '80s shows are like really cheesy. If you watch the A Team or or Knight Rider, or any of those shows, it's like, oh my gosh, we watched this. This was entertaining. Okay. But such a great show. I used to watch Chips, and and you know, you had Officers Baker and Poncharello, right? They they were officer uh, motorcycle officers, and they would ride around and bust the bad guys up, right? Uh, I used to pretend to be them. I'd go out on my bicycle i ride around and pretend I was was those guys and I was busting back. I was always Poncherella, though. I was always Ponch because he was the cool one, right? And it was then that I knew that there was a little bit of Latino in me, okay? Um... So uh, that was when I first started for you guys. Uh, I try anyway, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I used, used to do that. But you know, we have all kind of ast- kids. Always want to be the same kind of things when they're growing up because they don't know. They they see you know they see uh, firemen and think it's really cool and they rescue people and they help people. Or they see policemen and see their, their job or, or military. You know, uh, um, different people in the military and they think, man, I want I want to do that. That helps people. And and then as they get older and they get different uh, desires and different passions, all you know, it all it evolves. And then you get to college and then. Your major changes like five times, and then you finally figure out, okay, hey. You know. I remember getting into high school, and still, I, I had no clue. I, I went all through high school. I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. I had no, like, dreams or plans or, or any, like, passions. I, I, I didn't know uh, what it was that, that I wanted to be. I knew I was good at math. Um, I liked to draw, so I thought, hey, I'll try to put these two things together, maybe do something in engineering or architecture or something like that. So my senior year, I took a drafting class. Had no idea, had no, no clue what this all was. I just knew I liked to draw, and I was pretty good at math. So I thought, hey, this might work. Get in there, it's all done on computers. It's, it's all computer programming and stuff like that. Now, this is back late 90s. Computers were a thing, but not like they are today. Do, do you realize kids today, this generation, they don't know a, a world or a life apart from the internet? Right? We, we do. How many of you remember, like, how many of you remember, like, Dial-Up? Remember that? Yeah, yeah throwing you back for a minute. You've got mail. Remember that? Yeah. Um, we even, we go back then, but even further back, we, we grew up, how, what did we do before we had GPS? What did we do? You, you just had to figure it out. You got lost a lot of times, right, Nate? We, we got lost a lot. Um, MapQuest, you know, you had to do that and print out all the papers and, or just, what, hey, some of you older folks are like, well, you just get a daggone map, son. That's all, you know, stop at the store, get a map and and read, <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. What do we do before all this technology and stuff? Now we're buried in it and we're all connected to it all the time. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. So I get in and we didn't have computers. We, I didn't have a computer until I was well after high school. We didn't have a computer in our home. We, we just didn't. Uh, again, it was all fairly new to everyone. Now everybody has a computer just about. And uh, now you have it on your phone and carry it in your pocket with you all the time. But we, we didn't have a computer, and I didn't like computers because I wasn't around it, yeah, we played Oregon Trail in the computer lab Remember Oregon Trail. I'm throwing y'all back today uh but but yeah, that was about the extent of my computer I couldn't type I still can't type y'all I, I do I'm better, but I never took a class no, I'm terrible, but, but yeah, yeah, so so we get in and I'm like, this is all on computers. I don't want to do this. I should have took shop at least I'd have had some at least I could be building like bird houses or or putting together something for my wife, because she's always asking for projects around the house. And at least I could do. Now, I'm pretty handy with a drill, but I, I, I'd i love to be able to build like my own furniture. Come to my house. Look at this. I built this. I'm a man. I, I built my... But I can't, I can't say that. That would be cool, though. Um, I, I wish I would have took a shot. But so, so all that, it was well after high school when I finally realized... God is calling me to ministry. God, God is, there, there's something to, I started, uh, little did I know that the, the choice to start playing a guitar, what that would open up and what God would do with that. Because I first started off as a worship pastor for years, uh, and that just opened up and, and developed other doors that, that God, God said, listen, I'm going to use you. It was never, hey, you're going to be a pastor one day. It was never, hey, you're going to be a missionary. It was never, hey, you're going to be this. He just simply said, if you'll be willing, I want to use you and just, just walk with me. And the minute that I decided that everything that was 17 years ago, it's been a blur. Yeah, Ted was there all through that. Yeah, Um, uh, it's just been a blur. It's been a there's a lot happened in that time, uh, but it's just been a blur. See, once you kind of get the plan, once you start getting the motivation, once you start finding out your purpose, things happen really quick. Right. Things happen really quick. And so I want that for our church. I want us to 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 get moving. I want us to start doing some things. We're, we're doing some things, but but let's get, let's let, let's laser focus in on what it is that God wants to do. Now, now, now certainly there's certain things that, that God wants us to do. We, we all know that God wants us to do his business, right? We we want him, uh, we know we're supposed to go out, uh, carry out the great commission. We're supposed to go in all to we're supposed to go in our community, we're supposed to tell people about Jesus. We we know that. Um, there's a lot of great things that we could do. There's a lot of things we could give to. There's a lot of ministry that we could do. But, but if we're not careful, what could happen is that we could do a lot of things and not really do anything. Right? I would rather hone it in, focus it in, laser uh, focus in, and do some things really well and see God move. Anybody with me on that? Is that just me? I would rather focus it in and do it. Now, there, there's some non-negotiable. There's some things that we're always going to do, right? We're always going to love Jesus. We're always going to go. I mean, there's there's things that are just non-negotiables that are going to be there. Like there's you know God, the Father, the Creator of all things. Yes, we believe Him. We created. He created you and me, and He created us for a plan and, and a purpose. And and there's this thing called sin that Jesus came to die for. Amen. And he rose again. And and we absolutely believe in all those things. We believe in a spirit-filled church and spirit-filled people. Come on, any spirit-filled folks in the room. I I long to see a church operating in the Holy Spirit and moving at spirit-empowered because that's the only way we can do it and win. Um, I believe in that. I long to see that. Uh, There's non-negotiables. But but what if we define some things and how we move forward and what it is that we want to do and God wants us to do? right so, so i pulled together a team of people i called them my dream team and we pulled them together and there were various people different ages uh different ethnicities different backgrounds and, and we came together at my house and hung out and and, and we just asked some questions what is it that we want to do what, who do we feel like god is calling us to be here at tlc and, and so we talked about that we talked through that and we narrowed it down to about six core values now, right now, that's what it is for us. It may, develop, it may evolve, it may change over years as God moves and we see different things happen. But for right now, we feel like uh, that's what we value uh, the most, right? That's what we value. And again, don't get it twisted. We value God. We value Jesus. We value the Holy Spirit. We value those non-negotiable things. So if you hear this and you're thinking, well, what about this? You no, know, it's, it's all intertwined In there, God has a plan and purpose for us. God wants to move. The blood of Jesus is powerful still. Amen. Like, there's non negotiables that are going to be intertwined out through all of this, right? But over the next several weeks, I want to go through six core values uh, with you that will help define who we feel like God is calling us to be as a church so we can get moving, so we can see God move and see some lives uh, change. Amen. You guys, all about that? So, we're going to start this series today called This Is Us. Right? How many of you watch the show This Is Us? Okay, this has nothing to do with that show um, f- for two reasons. Number one, because I don't watch the show. So, so number one, um, I don't like to be depressed um, when I watch TV. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I don't want to be sitting there with a, a, a thing of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and a box of tissues and and cry. Oh, well, I, you know, I'm not. I don't want to do that. So if you watch that show, that's fine. You do what you got to do. Okay. Um, that's just not, and then number two, everybody's talking about that show, and, and there's something innately in me that's like when everybody else is doing, I don't want to do it. Um, it took Haley and I forever to watch that show Lost because everybody, it was a buzz. back in the day. It was a buzz. It was everybody was watching that, and I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't know what it is. God's put that. Maybe it's a good thing. I don't just want to do what everybody else is doing. So years later, we got sucked in and got lost in the show, lost in however many seasons craziness. That if you've ever watched the show, you understand what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, so so for those of you I don't watch the show, it had nothing to do with the show. I just like the series because hey, we're going to go over these core values and this is us, right? And so that's just what that's all about. So welcome to my creative process in in my brain. But I want to go through that uh, with you guys uh, over the next several weeks. Um, anybody remember the Titanic? I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the actual event. Some of you are all thinking, oh, Leo. Yeah. Yeah, Leo. I love Leo. Yeah. Um, you, know, it, you know, you want to pick your wife up, Eric, and I'm the king of the world. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to do that. You start singing the song. My heart will go on. It, I'm not talking about the movie, okay, even though it was great. I'm talking about the actual event that happened. The Titanic. Y'all remember that ship? This, this unsinkable ship, right? Um, this massive ship for that time, was, it, was, it was an incredible sight to see. It was such a, a marvel. And on April 14th, 1912, the unthinkable happened. The Titanic struck an iceberg that punctured a hole in her side. And then two hours and 40 minutes later, the, shi- the ship was... i got to be careful how I say that word. I can't say it too <laughs> fast. you <laughs> will be blasting me on Facebook. The ship um, sunk was completely submerged. In only two, almost three hours, this ship was completely submerged, right? Y'all are watching me now. (laughs) Over 1,500 people died in that icy Atlantic water. And there was one main reason, and some of you are thinking, well, duh, it sunk. It hit an iceberg. I get that. But the people could have survived. They could have escaped. But there wasn't enough lifeboats. The engineers of the ship they thought it looked unpleasing to put so many life... Because there's a lot of people on this boat. They thought it was unpleasing to the eye to see this giant, massive marvel of a ship have all these lifeboats attached to it. So they cut the amount of lifeboats by half. Okay? They cut the amount of life... This could have saved a lot of people's life, but they thought, well, that just looks ugly and we don't want to put it on the ship, right? Listen to what They had all a bunch of stuff on the ship, though. You, you're, like, this is just a few things. 2,000 salt shakers... But they didn't have enough lifeboats. You you hear me? Right? Uh, 10,000 pounds of sugar, over 2,000 pounds of coffee. Eddie, you would have been happy. But they didn't have any lifeboats. No lifeboats. 7,000 heads of lettuce. I'm okay with this one, 1,750 pounds of ice cream. I'm okay with that. But they didn't have lifeboats. 5,500 ice cream plates. That's a lot of plates. That's a lot of dishes. 1,000 bottles of wine, no, not enough lifeboats, 8,000 cigars, 2,000 egg spoons, not enough. They had, there's a bunch more that I could probably list out here, but not enough. Like, see, they had everything that they could possibly want, but not what they needed. Everything that they could possibly want, but not. Has the modern church fallen into that same place and that same mistake? Let that sink in for just a minute. Has the modern church fallen into that place as well? To so where we could have everything that we could want, we could have all the, the stuff, but not what we actually need? We have to be very careful with that, that we have all this stuff, and we miss out on the very most important thing that we need, which leads me to our first core value of this series here at TLC. We value the presence of God because it is the power of God that changes lives. All this other stuff is just stuff, and it's great, and we'll have it, but that's not the main thing. We can have all this stuff, and we can miss out on God. I don't want to do that. I don't know how you're feeling this morning. I need God's presence in my life. You need God's presence in your life. While all this stuff is great, this stuff aids us in getting connected with God. This is just stuff. If the power went out, we can still praise Him, y'all. If, if we didn't have a building, we can still meet together and have church and experience God's presence. When you're going through some storms in your life and everything isn't going the way and it doesn't feel perfect, you can still lift your hands and you can praise God and experience His power and presence. And you need, we need the power. ...of God in our life. It is a non-negotiable. That's why we're doing this one first. Because all the other stuff is great. But we have to have the power and presence of God. Because it is His power and presence that changes lives and nothing else. It's the most important thing. Imagine this. This is a very scary thought. We could do a lot of stuff without God. We could raise a lot of money without God. We could have a great time together without God. We could do a lot of good in the community and all around the world without God. That should scare us. We don't want that. That's not what we're about here at TLC. We could do all this stuff. But without God, we will be unsatisfied and unfulfilled. Go to Exodus chapter 33 with me this morning. Exodus 33, starting in verse 12. As you're turning there, let me kind of catch you up to speed a little bit. Uh, the Israelites had just came out of bondage in Egypt. Remember, the Israelites were, were enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years. God uses Moses to come in and, and rescue the, the people out. They had just gotten through the whole Red Sea experience. You know, Moses, uh, God's power through Moses parts of the Red Sea. They go through onto the other side and they spend this time out in the wilderness. God's moving in their midst, God's supplying, there's manna from heaven, there's all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, he was, uh, you know, a pillar of fire and cloud, and he was leading them, and the Red Sea experience itself, these miracles, all these things, all the, the plagues and things that God did throughout their rescue, you know, God has just been moving incredibly in their midst. And we all know, many of you know, the, the story of the Israelites going out of Egypt, it was they, they had gotten out of Egypt, but Egypt hadn't necessarily gotten out of them. And they kept going back to their old ways. And they, they kept turning uh, away from it. That happened for a long time, right? But we, we come up to this scene here. Where they're camped out. Moses is going up to the mountain to go visit with God. It's in this moment that God would give the Ten Commandments to Moses to pass down to the people. And, and Moses is up there. Because you know, you get in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> excuse me. You get in the Holy Spirit. And uh, you get in the Holy Spirit, and so you, can, you lose track of time. Sometimes you forget where you're at. You could be praising this way, and, 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 and it's over, and you're, like, turning around backwards. Like, when you, get, when you get in the Spirit, you just don't, you know, you don't know what's happening, right? And, and so, so the people are starting to get worried because Moses has been up here in the mountain for a long time. And, and they're thinking all these, like, Again, you know, we know these Israelites and how they think and how they process things. They, you know, they keep going back and forth, back and forth. And so, like, well, Moses has been gone a long time. What are we going to do? Because that was their leader. Were, you know, what, what are we going to do? He's been up there a long time. Maybe they start to thinking because we would all rationalize. Well, did he slip and fall? Bump his head? Like, is he up there unconscious somewhere? You know, did an animal get him? Like, what, Moses has been gone. What are we going to do? So they think it's a good idea. Cause you know, parents, you know, if you leave your kids home, like, there's no telling what's going to happen with by this right? Anybody? Yeah. And, and, and so, so like, oh well, we, let's throw all our gold together. We're going to burn it and melt it down. We're going to make this statue to worship. So they, they make this golden statue of a calf, and they begin to worry. I, I, you know, you got to. Go with me. My mind just, I, I picture things, and so as I'm reading the Bible, I'm just thinking a bunch of hippies dancing around a fire. Ooh, you know, and, and they're dancing around this fire, and this golden calf, and it's ooh, you know. That's just what I picture. Maybe you picture something else. Maybe that messes your whole whatever. But they're dancing around this fire, and, they, and, and Moses finally comes down, and the Bible says he takes the Ten Commandments, and he busts them on the ground. He's mad. He's like, what in the world? Parents, you ever come home, and it's like your kids are like, what you broke my favorite vase? What happened? What are you doing, right? Well, it just fell off the table just on its own. And that's what they did. Well, we put all the gold in the fire and out popped this calf. That's exactly go read it. So we just started where you know. Moses is mad. In fact, the Bible says that he kills off some of them because they had created this was a huge sin against God. God gets mad. God is is furious. He calls them a stiff-necked people. In fact, he causes a plague to come over many of them. And and you ever get mad parents at your kids, and and you're giving them the what for, right? And you're, you're, you better stop. I told you to stop it. And you better get your butt in here and let's go, right? I kind of imagine, this is kind of what God does. Because God says, you're a stiff-necked people. Let's get, we got to get going to this promised land. Because y'all ain't going to make it, Right? And so he's like, let's get going. I got to get you to this land that I'm calling you to um, before y'all just keep acting a fool, right? Now, I I paraphrase that a little bit. But in my mind, as a parent, as a dad, I can imagine that's what God is thinking. And so finally, he's like, let's get moving. And he meets together with Moses uh, one more time. And he's like, listen, uh, take him up, get him out. Let's get going to the promised land. And right here is where we're caught up to Exodus chapter 33 uh, in verse... 12 let's read the word of God together. You guys ready? Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. So in other words, hey, God, I I know you're mad. I know you're upset. But remember your promises. Remember, you know, don't don't just annihilate everybody, you know. Verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your presence. I pray that we value that more than anything. God, we can do a lot of great things. We can do a lot of cool things. We can have a lot of cool stuff. But Lord, we absolutely need your presence. It's your presence that changes our life. Let us get that. Let that sink in deep today, Lord. And let it be the driving force behind everything we do here at this church. In Jesus' name, come on, someone say amen this morning. Moses has this moment with God. He says, God, I get we want to go. I, I, I get where you're taking us. But, but God, if we're going to go, I don't want to move any further without your presence. I don't, I don't want to go without. If, you're, if we're going to go, you have to go with us. I pray that that's our heart here at this church. That we would say, God, wherever you want to take us, let's go. But you have to go with us. We need your presence more than anything else. I hope that's your heart. Know that that's my heart. Know that that's the driving force here at our church. And then I love, I don't know if, when you read the Bible, you should sense something, you know, what God is speaking to you. There's going to be some things that literally leap off the page of the Bible. And you need to, send, because that's the Holy Spirit revealing things to you that you need to hear in that moment. So if there's something that really stands out to you, take, take note of that. Underline it. Study that. If it's a word, if it's a phrase, if it's a particular scripture, God's probably speaking to you in that. There's a reason that that's. Jumping out at you, and when he told uh, when he told God that, man, what is it that's going to distinguish us from everyone else? That really stuck out to me. What is it that's going to distinguish you from some other philanthropist out in the world? Because there's a lot of good people out there. There's people that give a lot of good things, right? What's gonna What is it that's going to stand out about you and about us over any other philanthropist out there? What's going to stick out about us? Uh, over some other civic group that's doing things in their community? What's going to stick out um, out, out of us amongst all the other churches? Because there's hundreds of churches in this little town. There's three or four on every street, right? What's going to distinguish us from all the other ones, right? It's going to be God's presence. What's going to distinguish you from just a good man? What's going to distinguish you from just a nice woman? What's going to distinguish you from just a good student? It's going to be the power and the presence of God. That's what people are going to see. It's not just the the outwardly. It's not not just the prayers. It's not just that you know the Bible. It's going to be the power and presence of God. We have got to come to a place where God's presence isn't just right here. That it's walking with you. You're meant to live in God's presence. You're meant to walk in God's presence. And that's my first point for you today. Is that you were created to live in God's presence. When God created Adam and Eve, he set up an environment for them where everything they had, everything they needed, they had. And it was in his presence. They walked with God in his presence. They lived in God's presence. Everything that they needed was right there in that garden. What happened that messed everything up? They disobeyed God. Sin came into their lives and into the world. And what happened is that separated them from God and created death. The same thing happens for us when we get separated from God. It causes separation from him and spiritual death in our life. We were created to live in. You were created not to just live in the church in his presence. You were created to live in his presence while you're doing the dishes. You were created to live in his presence while you're working on the car. You were created to live in his presence while you're at your job. You were created to live in his presence um, at your home. You were created to live in his presence always. Not just in church. All the time. All the time. That's where we were created to be. That's what is meant for us. But because of sin, that has separated us from his presence. But aren't you thankful that God made a way through Jesus who died for us, who died for your sins, who rose again to give us power over sin, to forgive us, to set us free, so that now, because we live in a lost and broken world, and and, and now we're in that, but we're not supposed to be of it. So the way to do that is to live in God's presence where we were created to be. Think about this. Think, Think about a goldfish. Anybody ever have a goldfish? All right. When I was in high school, I won a goldfish at the Strawberry Festival. Those little games with the fish bowls, you throw the ping pong ball and it bounces around and land, if it lands in a bowl, you win a fish. I won a fish. I took it home. We got a little fish ball for it, put him in there, and that thing stayed alive. Imagine that. A fish from the festival. Stayed, and it stayed alive and it got big and we had to not have that bowl anymore. We had to get a little bit bigger, a little tank for it. It got bigger. It kept getting, It stayed alive. It kept getting bigger. And so we had to get a big. T- so eventually we had this huge like aquarium thing with just one giant goldfish, and we got a little sucker fish to keep it clean. It was, it was crazy because this fish wouldn't die, Caesar. It's. It, it, it got. It got like that big. It was huge. I'm not exact. I'm not being. This is not a fish story. Okay, because this is just a goldfish. But it got huge. We named him Cheech. I don't know why. We were just being funny. His name was Cheech. Uh, and and yeah, he stayed. He stayed alive for years. We had a cat that always would be digging around in the water, you know. Yeah, we, we had this goldfish forever. Now, if, we, if you take a goldfish out of, out of the water, and, and if I had, I almost did this, but I didn't want, like, anybody to report it on Facebook, to get a hold of us, and then just, but, but if you took a fish out, out of, and you flopped it down on the ground, it's going to flop around. And if we left it there long enough, it wouldn't anymore, right? It would just, it would just be dead. Because it's not created to live out of that water, right? It's not created to live outside of that environment, okay? Just like we're not created to live in its environment. We, we can't stay in the water. Very, my son, when he goes swimming, he wants to try to hold his breath as long as he can. He does pretty good. He does. Be- I can't hold my breath that long. He does pretty good. Sometimes I get a little worried, like, hey, you probably shouldn't hold your breath that long. Don't do that. Stop doing that. Yeah. But yeah, we, we weren't created to live in that environment. We, we weren't created to live in outer space. As much as people try, and, and there's all this talk about look, you, civilians will be able to take a trip to, to space. and stuff like well, well, Dude, God created us to live here. That's, that's why I don't skydive or bungee jump or any of that stuff. God caused me to have my feet on solid ground. Come on, somebody. He did not give me wings. I am not a bird. I don't have gills. I'm not you know what I'm saying? Like, he created us to live in a particular environment. And the same thing goes with His presence. We were created, we can be in the world, but not of it, and the only way to do that is in His presence. It's just like, if I were to go in the water, I would have to put something on to be able to stay in there long enough. Right? So i put on some scuba gear. Right? Or if I went to outer space, an astronaut suit, so that I could, I'm not of that world or of that environment, but I can be in it at the same time. You understand what I'm saying? It's the same way, we need God's presence to be in this world, but not of it, and to live out This life that he has for us. Which leads me to my second point, and that's this. God's presence empowers us. It empowers us. It empowers us to live this life that he wants us to live. It empowers us to win. It empowers us to do the work that he's calling. It empowers us to be in the world, but not of it. We need his presence. You need his presence to go to Walmart. You need his presence to wake up in the morning. You need his presence to deal with your kids throughout the day. You need his presence at your job. You need his presence. We need God's presence. It's the most important thing. We need his presence. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21 says, Now to him who is able. Aren't you glad our God is able? Come on. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. That's the God we serve. According to his power that is at work where? Within us. That's meant for you to live in. It's in us to him be the glory in the church and in christ jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen man listen let's say you had a bunch of money and you had this money let's say you spent ten thousand dollars on a refrigerator okay first if you have ten thousand dollars to spend on a refrigerator come see me after church i got a business opportunity uh for you it's going to be amazing it'll be a chance to invest in people's lives but let's say for instance you spend ten thousand dollars on a refrigerator And it's it's one of them. It's got all the bells and whistles. It's fancy. It's high tech, man. It's it's blue. You can connect Bluetooth to it. It'll play it'll play uh, the radio through it. You can connect it through your phone, and you can play songs through it. And 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 it's it's voice recognition. You can just look at it, Charlie, and say, "Fridge, open." Boom, and it's open, right? You, it, and, and when it opens, the drawers can automatically come out for you. It's got all the LED lights and, and sounds and everything. It, it's just this marvel of uh, a refrigerator. And you buy this because you've got the money to do it. And so you buy it, and, and, and you get ready. You set up delivery, and, uh, and you set up delivery for it. And so you go to the grocery store because now you've got this big fancy fridge, and you want to fill it with some good, yummy food. And so you spend like $200 on, on some food to fill it in, right? and you get home and you and you get ready and and they they call you and say hey sir uh, hey ma'am we got your fridge for you we're bringing it yes you're excited you You need to get those groceries because that's $200, right? And and you need to get that in the fridge. And so they get it there. They set it all up. They take all the tape off, all the stuff off. And and it's there. And you're excited. So you put all your groceries that you just bought. You put it in this refrigerator. And you're pumped. You're ready for the next morning to to come because you're ready to cook some big breakfast. That's what we call it in our house. That's what the kids call it, big breakfast. So eggs. Eggs. And, and, and bacon and sausage and toast and grits and all the, all the good stuff, right, Moses? All, all that yummy, good stuff. And, and, and you're, you're going to cook big breakfast in, in the morning. And so, so the next morning you wake up and you go to that fridge and, and you say, Fridge, Charlie. Fridge, open. Nothing. You're like, oh, that's weird. Like, so, so then you open it yourself. What a world. You have to open the fridge yourself. And, and then no drawers pop out. Nothing's popping, nothing's dinging, there's no music playing, like, there's nothing. There's no lights, there's no nothing. Like, oh, this is weird. So you go, wow, I'm I'm ready for breakfast. So you start getting all the stuff, and it stinks. Everything is spoiled. Everything looks gross. Everything, you go to smell the milk, I smell the milk, no matter what the date is on it, I smell the milk every time. It's just a habit I have, because y'all know some spoiled milk is nasty. And and so, so so I smell the milk every time. And and so it stinks, everything is, is nasty. And you're like, oh, heck no. I'm going to call those people up. You're ready to give them a piece of your evangelical mind, right? And so you call them up and say, listen, you sold me a lemon. You sold me this messed up refrigerator. I spent a lot of money on this. This thing should be working. And maybe you say other things that and this, and that's why you need God's presence. So you don't say those other things. <laughs> but, but yeah. And they're like, well, well, let's troubleshoot. And they will try to walk you through a few steps and nothing's working. Like, well, why don't you go to the back of the fridge and see if it's plugged in? Oh, Okay. It's not plugged in, right? You had all this stuff, but you didn't have the power. You hear what I'm saying this morning, church? We can have all this stuff, but no power, and that's a big no-no. We can't do that. We can have all this stuff. We can have great-sounding things, and we do. Our worship team is awesome. We have some talented people here, but we can have all this stuff. But if we don't have God's presence, we don't have anything. We could raise all the money in the world, but if we don't have God's presence, we don't have anything. We could have all the latest tech and all the nicest things and the greatest live stream out there. We could have all the greatest stuff, but if we don't have God's presence, we are missing the most important thing. Let's never come to a place where we're content with everything else, but not the presence of God. We need God's presence. It's the most important thing. Let's don't get caught up on the wrong things. Let's don't get caught up on things that we deem sacred, but they're really sentimental. Let's don't get caught up on what type of songs we might sing. Man, I've been a worship leader for a long time, and it goes back and forth, and it, it gets quiet, and then it comes back. Sometimes we do hymns, sometimes we don't. Sometimes Ryan is feeling a particular song. You may not know it, but that's what the Holy Spirit is speaking to him, and that's what we need to roll with right? We, we, you, the carpet may not be the exact color that you like. It may be hot in here for some of you. For the rest of you, it's cold in here, right? And, 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 and we may not have the particular programs that you like, or, or you might see something down at the big church down the road that, that looks better, but, but we've don't. Have, we have got to stop making things sacred that aren't sacred. They're just sentimental, What's sacred is the power of the Holy Spirit? What's sacred is God's power? That's the only thing that matters. Everything else is just fluff. Everything else is just icing on the cake. As we try to reach people, as we try to reach this generation, as we try to reach people that don't even know about any of this, you're, you might be arguing for hymns and they're like, what's a hymn? Because there's, We live in a post-Christian society. People don't know. There's there's a generation that has grown up without church in their life. There's some modern worship songs that maybe they come in and are like, what's this? Because they don't listen to the joy FM. They don't listen to Spirit FM. They listen to 933 or something else, right? Oh, back in the day it was the power pig. Y'all remember that? Yeah. But anyway, this, there are, and I expect this, I, there are going to be people that come into our church that do not know anything about church or about God. We want those people here. So there's going to be times that we're going to do things. Again, it's not going to be correct. There are non-negotiables that we absolutely have in this place. But there's going to be some times, some, there's going to be some songs that we might do. We, we try our very best to make sure those songs are theologically correct. Because there are some worship songs out there that are not theologically correct. Right? There are some songs that are out there that are like that. But then again, we have to understand that when people are creating music, they're doing it from God and Him moving in their life and their own experiences. And sometimes that comes out in their artistry and, and in them writing songs. But, but as far as here and what we do, that, you know, we need God's presence. That's all that matters. I don't want to deem things sacred that are only sentimental. Because here's the thing. Those things that we argue about all the time, those things that we make a big fuss about, those things that end up taking our focus away from God, the devil loves that. He wants you distracted. He doesn't want you tapping into that power. He wants us against each other. Because when there's no unity, then there's nothing. We can't do anything. So he wants us, because that's what the devil does, y'all. He distracts. He's been doing it since Adam and Eve. He distracted them and it messed everything else up for the rest of us. And he's still trying to do it today. Let's get focused. That's why we set core values. So let's get focused. Let's get some forward motion going. Let's see some lives changed by the power of God and nothing else. Amen. Listen. Listen, I I, I don't want to miss I don't want to miss the very thing that changes everything. I don't want people leaving our church services thinking, wow, those that music was really good. I enjoyed that. Wow, that preacher was great. Your Pastor Kyle, he's a really funny guy. I really enjoy. It. He's relevant, man. He's he talking, whatever, I don't care. Uh, I don't want people leaving thinking that it was... I want them leaving thinking, man, so, that was something different. That was, that was, I felt something. I felt God move. and I, God, God spoke to me. I heard the voice of God. I felt something different. I, I felt free. I felt chains break off. My life has been changed because of what... That's what I want because that's the power of God. That's what we want. That's what we value here. I was on a... um. I was on a missions trip a couple years ago to Nicaragua, a little town called Henotega. We would have these revival services at night. And there was this little tiny, it was like, it was like a little plaza uh, set right next to this basketball court. And there were kids there every day playing. They had basketball hoops, but they also had soccer goals. And the kids were playing soccer there every day. I, I got more exercise that week than I ever had in my life playing soccer with those kids. But right there on that little court, because they couldn't have everybody, because they're inviting people from the town. They've got our team that is there. They couldn't have everybody in their little, little because it was just a small, almost like a little apartment. And so we had revival services outside at night, out on this little basketball court. There were no lights. There's no big lights out there, no fancy lights. They had one line of uh, the, the string, like party lights that you would put on like your porch for dinner parties and stuff like that. They had one line of that going across uh, all the people. This small little sound system, this little fender Passport sound of the speakers. I think they were 10-inch speakers. They were like this. And y'all know, if you ever go on a mission trip, they, they blast those sounds as, as far as they can, right? They they, blast, they turn them all the way up, and it sounds all muffled. Glory, praise Holy Ghost, And they're talking really fast, and it's like, man, this it's, it's all muffled. And it, Anybody been on a mission trip? You know what I'm saying? I'm not being offensive, okay? Just... Uh, that's just how it is. If you go, you'll understand that. And, and, and so they have this small little sound system. It's, it's all, no monitor. We didn't have any monitors up there for the musicians. And I got to play. I got to play drums, one of the service. And that, that was interesting. Um, <laughs> I actually led worship. I led worship in Spanish, guys. See, I told you, I'm a little Latino inside. And I got to lead worship one night. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool, but, but different, right? It's not, not, not what we have here. But you know what happened? We led worship. People gathered, there were even people on the outskirts just kind of watching. Our pastor got up, he preached his guts out, sweating all over the place. There was one night, he, uh, we, we get ready to pray for people, and, and I'll never forget this, this is m- the biggest memory I have of him. Um, uh, we're, we're all getting the anointing oil out, we're ready to pray for people, we're ready to see God move, and and, and I, put my, I put my hand out, and, and he takes both my hands together, he dumps like half the bottle of anointing oil in my hand, I'm like... Because you don't know, this stuff, it, it's greasy, right? It, it, it doesn't wash. And he poured half the bottle in there. He's like, he looked at me straight up, straight in the face. He's like, this is revival. I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, you know, <laughs> I'll never forget that. And, and we get ready to pray for And God... Moves in an incredible way. People are slaying the Spirit all over the place. At one point, we had three different people dealing with like demonic deliverance going three different people at one time. And it's, it's good. I'm like, and I'm at my point in, in my career, like ministry career and, and my experience that I'm kind of like, I'm just going to intercede from, from the back. And Jesus, please touch these people because I don't know what it's crazy. It was crazy. God was moving in such an incredible way. They didn't, they didn't have much. We weren't in a building, no AC. No lights, not all the fluff that that we have become accustomed here, and God moved. God moved. If we aren't careful, the church can become about everything but the only thing that changes lives, and that's God's presence. Moses told God, and it was so profound, I don't want to move on without you. I pray that that's for you today. I pray that that's your heart today. God, I don't want to move another step without you. In my life. Not just in our church. I want this for your life. I don't want to move without you, God. I don't want to make another decision without you. I don't want to take another breath without you. I don't want to to go another place without you. May that be our hearts today. TLC will be a place where you will be touched by the power of God. You can like it or not. That's up to you. But we are going to expect God to move in this place. Worship team, you guys can come on up. And it won't just be on Sundays. We come in and we we fill up on God so that we can go out and be emptied out for Him and reach people around us so that you can go to the grocery store and see people that are in need of Jesus and you're able to bring heaven to earth in that moment. So that while somebody might be sick in your house, you can pray over them and see them healed. You can bring heaven to earth to earth in that moment when you're at your job and you're in the break room eating lunch and, and and you're talking with with your coworkers and they're talking about man i'm really going through some stuff my marriage is struggling and you can talk to them and encourage them and be led by the holy spirit and speak into their life and pray over them and bring heaven to earth in that moment my third and final point for you is this that you are a conduit of god's presence to the world You are a condo. We're meant to carry God's presence with us wherever that we go. Man, uh, the wires that are connected to a a power outlet, all this stuff is connected to, to power. The wires that connect to that outlet carry electrical current so that when you plug whatever into it, it gets power. You carry God's presence with you just like that wire carries that electrical current. You carry God's presence with you so that you can reach people all around you. You are a conduit of God's presence to the world. God's presence isn't just for right here. It's meant to be on you. It's meant to be in you. It's meant to be around you. What is it that's going to distinguish you from everyone else? We are meant to bring heaven to earth. Jesus prayed that prayer. What we know is the Lord's prayer. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. We cause an intersection between heaven and earth. When we pray, when we worship, when we choose to be led by the Holy Spirit and obey that and walk that out in our life, we intersect heaven and earth for all the people around us. That's us. That's what God wants to do in your life. Many of us are looking for a sign. Many of us are looking for all the little details. God, what is it exactly that you are just supposed to be a conduit of God's presence? And whatever he says for you to do, we obey, and we walk out, and we do. Second Corinthians five twenty through 21 says, We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You are an ambassador for Christ. You are his mouthpiece. So where you go, you carry his presence. Where you go, you can allow heaven to intersect here with earth. Anywhere you go is a potential place for a miracle. Whether that's at the store, in your home, on your job, in your schools, wherever is a potential place for a miracle. And it's not about you. It's about the God that is in you and that you allow to work through you. What would it look like if we started taking God's presence with us wherever that we went? What if we left the church house full of God's power and presence? And when we go wherever that we go throughout the rest of the week, what if we took God's presence with us? So that you're at the store and you're in the checkout line, and you see the single mom in front of you, and she's got kids, right? And they're all over the place. Anybody with kids, you understand this. They're they're jumping out of the buggy, they're grabbing stuff in the, the all the little candies in the checkout line. They're grabbing stuff. They're, they're taking things and they're throwing. They're grabbing the eggs and they're plopping it on the ground. They're, and 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 you just begin to feel for this mom because she looks exhausted. She looks frustrated. She looks tired. Maybe she's got a little bit of a sniffle because she's just run down and she's, she's sick and she's, she's scrambling and she's trying to pay so she can get the, the kids out of there and get out of the way. So maybe you have compassion. Maybe you feel led by the Holy Spirit to, to follow her, her out and help her with the groceries. And in that moment, you're able to say, hey, is there anything I can pray with you about? Nine times out of 10, they're not going to say no. They're going to say yes, Please. you have a chance, an opportunity, an open door to pray, to bring heaven to earth, to pray for that. And maybe you know what, because oftentimes we psych ourselves out and we're like, well, what if I pray and nothing happens? So what? That's not your job. Your job is to obey. Your job is to do. Your job is to pray over her and encourage her and let God take care of the rest. If anything, what might happen is she just might feel loved and cared about in that moment. And that's just as important as anything else happening. What if we carried the presence of God with us wherever that we went? We need God's presence. It's the most important thing. We're meant to live in it. We're meant to take it with us wherever you go. This is who we are, church. This is what we do. This is TLC. This is us. This is what we're all about. God's presence. Will you stand up with me this morning? Just a few moments. We're going to get ready to pray. And I would just simply right now begin to Allow God to stir your heart, because maybe you don't necessarily come up for prayer, but maybe you just want to come up and get a hold of God, and want a fresh touch from Him, because you know you need God's presence today. But in just a few moments, we'll open up for a time of prayer. But listen to this. Listen to what Peter does. On the day of Pentecost, they're up in the upper room, right? All the disciples, they're all together, and they're praying, and they're seeking, and God moves and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they begin speaking in tongues, it spills out into the street, because that's what it's supposed to do, and it spills out into the street, people are intrigued, now, what is going on, Peter steps out, which is uncharacteristic of Peter, because this is the same Peter that denied Christ, this is the same Peter that often put his foot in his mouth, but the Bible says Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, now comes out in boldness there's a new Peter that comes out and begins to preach and to declare the word of God and this is what he says he quotes the prophet Joel and he says this Peter stood up with the eleven raised his voice and addressed the crowd fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem let me explain this to you listen carefully to what I say these people are not drunk as you suppose it's only nine in the morning no this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days god says i will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams even on my servants both men and women i will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy he said this is that this is that which was prophesied this is the birth of the church because peter preaches He goes on to say, listen, you killed Jesus. Now you need to accept him in your life and and, and give your life to Christ. And it says that 3,000 people were saved that day, many of them baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is the birth of the church as we know it. So the church was birthed. The most powerful force on the face of the planet was birthed through a prophecy. And the same is true for us today if we will let it. This is the same thing. This is that which was spoken of, that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. If you're willing, if if you would be so willing to say, yes, God, I cannot move without your power, without your presence, God, I want that. If that's you, God will pour out his presence on your life. Not just that you can feel good. Not just you can just feel all the goosebumps so that you can be used by him so that we can go out and change the world together. This is us.